1: I think I'm entitled You and I want the truth. You can't handle
2: the truth. Hello everyone and welcome to the first emergency broadcast of the Free Thought Project. This is John Vibes. I'm here joined by Matt Savoy and Jason Bassler. As many of you know, we have had many of our pages that we use to reach you scrubbed from Facebook. As a result of a lot of this fake news hysteria and this Russian bot hysteria, they even specifically said that it's related to the elections coming up. And obviously, we're not even people who focus on campaign politics and elections. We just stick to the specific issues. So we're going to take a couple of minutes to introduce ourselves, and then we're going to get into this situation. In future episodes, we're going to have guests on. We're going to talk about the news of the week, and we're going to cover all the issues that we talk about in our articles. But for now, this is a special emergency broadcast to discuss what is happening with our organization and the alternative media in general, because it's not just us. It's a, a large network of activists who have been helping each other out and cooperating across the left and the right and everywhere in between so thank you for joining us today and i just want to thank everybody for all their support over the past week as we've been dealing with this so did you want
1: to uh who who wants to take the start matt or uh jason with the introduction i'll go ahead. uh especially since you just said you wanted to thank everybody for the support i was actually making a note of that i wanted to first and foremost no matter what happens i wanted to thank everybody out there um all of our fans on facebook and all the people in the media who have been giving us interviews and, and fighting for us, you know, this is, this is not an easy fight. And you guys coming to bat for us and, and, and someone even started a white house petition. Um, it's, it's truly honoring, uh, like a it's truly honorable experience for you guys to do that. And the, 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 response and private messages and, and, uh, on the website and email and the new subscribers that are all coming on. It's, uh, it's an amazing experience. I'm, I'm so glad this, this, this means that these five years that Facebook just wiped away from us weren't, weren't in vain. We're, we're actually reaching people and thank you guys for, for being there for us.
0: Absolutely. Well said, Matt. So, uh, um, I would totally, uh, agree with Matt on that. It's, it's been a crazy last few days. Um, it kind of feels like our firstborn child has been kidnapped away from us. And I think you guys could probably agree as well. Uh, but yeah, my name is uh, Jason Bassler, uh, co-founder of the Free Thought Project with Matt Savoy back in 2013, uh, also founder of Police the Police back in 2012, also involved in uh, some grassroots activism locally in my area before that. But shortly after Occupy Wall Street, I kind of realized that social media activism and planting seeds was far more effective than standing on street corners with signs and uh, getting harassed by the police.
2: Yeah, know. and uh we, we missed uh telling everybody a little bit about about you and where, where you came from, Matt. So why don't uh we do that before I tell them about my criminal background?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have a little bit different background than than most of the people at uh Free Thought Project. Well, I I guess except for uh, some of the past members and, and Johnny Liberty. Um I was in the military, you know, I was this hard headed piece of government. Property that would have done anything they told me, and and somehow because of alternative media, it, it kind of helped jolt me out of that mindset. And that's why when Jason and I crossed paths on the internet, we we decided that we wanted to help jolt other people out of that mindset too. And and you know, here we are five years later, and apparently jolting people out of that mindset's a danger to the establishment. So that's uh that's where we are now.
2: Yeah, I I do take a little bit of a. Uh you know uh, i guess a compliment in the fact that we were kind of one of the first on the chopping block you know it, it says that we were actually making a difference um but yeah so so my history is i've i've kind of um always had a problem with authority um maybe it was just because i was a bad kid, <laughs> but I was always getting in trouble and stuff, always getting in trouble at school. Uh, you know, I, I, I was calling the, the teachers and administrators pigs by the time I was in middle school. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when I got older, I graduated, I started throwing raves, and that kind of gave me a little bit of a platform to talk about the weird stuff I was into, and that, that was kind of my introduction into activism. And then when the cops started banging on the doors of the club that I built and they shut us down, that kind of sent me into this other direction where, well, they arrested my investor and put him away for a couple years and they shut down the club, so I had no money to throw parties, no place to throw parties. So I started writing. I wrote a book and and then I started writing articles to try to promote that book and I saw what the Free Thought Project was doing I started seeing their links all over the place, and I really wanted to get involved with the organization. So I reached out and asked them if they had any writers on the staff. And at the time, I don't really think that you guys did, but I think you guys took a chance with me. And here we are now, all all these years later, fighting the big Zuck.
0: Apparently, uh, we're influencing the elections too, uh, which is kind of interesting, according to them, anyway. Yeah, Especially
2: I mean, uh... because we ignore the elections and we try, <laughs> we, we try to bridge this right-left divide. Like, I mean, how many articles have we wrote and trying to bring people together in this, this culture war and this economic war with, with right versus left? Uh, how many times have we just tried to make people find common ground in okay. this violence that's happening in the street and we're the ones who get targeted? I don't think that it is a mistake.
0: Right. Yeah. No, it's funny. Uh, the, one of the writers for a reason were, uh, interviewing me yesterday morning and they asked how we would uh, describe the free thought project and kind of chuckled for a second because, um, even just yesterday we had RT calling us left wing, we had zero hedge calling us right wing. And, uh, I, I think we've been successful of kind of blurring the lines and, uh, not necessarily focusing on specific labels, but rather the information, and I think that has have allowed people to specifically focus on the information rather than immediately jumping into the political uh, polarization with you know either party or what side you're you're on of the aisle. I don't. Know, I kind of find that funny. I hate being called either one, left or right wing, but I think we've been successful as far as obfuscating. Um, you know where we actually stand, which, you know, I guess is kind of a double-edged sword because we're not like uh, necessarily standing up for one specific ideology, but it allows the information to speak for itself, which seems to be a pretty rare occurrence in today's political climate.
1: I agree. Yeah, if you look at the the members of Congress or 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 in the Senate, the there's like out of the five hundred and thirty-five, you know, you have maybe one or two or three that, that reject the left right paradigm and, and vote with their conscience, you know, like Thomas Massey and then Justin Amash and, and sometimes the disappointing Rand Paul, you know, they're, they're <laughs> the, uh, the exception to the norm of just pushing party politics. It doesn't matter. And that at that, the Kavanaugh thing, you know, we don't have to get into that, but that just kind of, that just showed it, dude. Like uh, people were dismissing rape, rape accusations and then justifying them at the same time, you know, or or just ready to hang somebody based on party lines without any evidence whatsoever, you know, and it just shows how divided this the current climate is in this country. And absolutely, that's why I think that our voice was so important out there is because we we fought that divide, and apparently it, it was dangerous to these people. So. We've been predicting this, right? We've been saying that they were going to shut us down and, and try to silence us for a long time now. Since 2016, really, when this fake news stuff came out, we, we've been predicting in multiple articles, countless articles, of uh, what they plan to do and how they plan on doing it, and they're going to eventually silence us. And, but more important, like more recently, is uh, the fact that just in August, these tech giants met together. They held like a secret meeting in San Francisco to discuss what they were going to do ahead of the elections. It's obvious that the Free Thought Project and the anti-media and all these other groups, police-to-police, Police, they, they they were on this the discussion table. You know, they, they had to be at that meeting. That's where Twitter met and Facebook met and Microsoft and Google. They all met to discuss how they could uh, handle the flow of information during the upcoming elections. We actually uh, put out a report on that on August
0: 24th. I mean, I think it was more than just the pages. I think it was actually our names specifically, I mean there's there's just been too much that shows signs that this is affecting people who have networked with us. Oddly enough, you know, my girlfriend's four thousand uh follower page, Do-It-Yourself Revival, which hasn't posted in at least five years, was one of the pages that were on the chopping block. And the only thing I could think of is that she's somehow related to me, you know, being my girlfriend. So, I mean, it's crazy. It, uh and it goes to show that we we did definitely uh our job. We did it very effectively. We called them out. We constantly called out Facebook as well. Um and we were a threat. We're we're too dangerous for Facebook. That's why I made that uh that Facebook profile picture this morning because we're we're dangerous. We're, you know, we're not something that they want in their sphere of uh you know of uh, comfortability into their their sphere of reality so
1: right not dangerous as in like we have these radical violent anti-government views we have radical peaceful views
2: that's even more dangerous because the establishment wants violent people freaking out so they can put them on the news and say look at our our good cops out there just doing their job beating the hell out of these college kids <laughs> who don't know any better and are just pissed off you know the true danger is in actually advocating for peace and change through voluntary means and for a voluntary future and an end to all this division. You know, I mean, even the people who are extremists or anti-authoritarians on the extreme right and left, they still think that they need to completely eradicate their enemy to live in peace. And that is the kind of mentality that we need to get past. And I think that that is why organizations like this is so important and why it's so important to have a different dialogue. As I said when I discussed with uh, somebody from Sputnik News, um, I think it might have been uh, Alexander. Uh, I, I forget his last name, but I'll, I'll, I'll give him a shout Rubenstein. out online. Rubenstein. Yes, exactly. That's him. That's him. Um, I said that this is basically a reconsolidation of the media. For the longest time, the mainstream media controlled the narrative through a couple of corporations that they owned. Everybody knows this. They were all connected to the White House, L- Lockheed Martin, uh, you know, all these weapons contractors, the military, and it was th- they were able to totally control what people thought. And then we have the Internet. And slowly there were some different ideas popping around on the Internet in the early days. And the media says, oh, yeah, there's all these child predators and stuff in these chat rooms. You've got to stay away from that Internet. (laughs) And, you know, people slowly were getting the information. But then when social media came out, it was like the floodgates. You had Arab Spring, which was directly correlated with social media. You had Obama's election, which was – directly correlated with social media, and then you had Trump's election, which was directly correlated with social media. So, of course, we have had various avenues for activism in the past, even on the Internet, but this specific tool has world-changing implications that, that no other tool for media has had before, and it has lowered the barrier to entry to the point where it has now kind of, I hate to use the word democratized, but, you know, it has kind of democratized the media, and now they are turning internet into cable tv again
0: all over again yeah we were thriving in the marketplace of information exchange the free market of information exchange before the government which is in this case uh, you know colluding with facebook came in and decided to regulate and put a stop to that and you know it's even more ironic and sorry to cut you off there uh, john uh, is, that, thought- uh, is that is that Before, you would look at posts from uh, Fox News, CNN, any major mainstream media on Facebook, and there would be very little engagement. Nobody really cared. Uh, You know, and you look at our posts, and there are thousands, thousands of shares, thousands of comments, thousands of likes, and now that's totally flipped. Well, completely, because our pages have been erased, but... uh, you know, before that had happened, you look at the numbers, and all of a sudden, CNN has you know 11 million views on some mundane video, and <laughs> we're getting throttled, so our views are cut back to less than uh, 200,000 views. You know, and it's just it's amazing how, how they flipped this on its head? And once again, you know, this is not any type of free market function this is not a private company and that's probably something else we should address because that's been something that keeps lingering around as being uh you know some kind of i guess argument or rebuttal to all this uh censorship
1: the uh the the people that are saying that well facebook's a private company they can do what they wish right and i would totally agree if facebook was a private company but as, as we know, and as most people, well, maybe, maybe some people don't know, but Facebook's partnered with Digital Forensics Lab, which is a, an actual armed the Atlantic Council think tank. And for those who are unfamiliar, the Atlantic Council, you can go to their website. They're actually funded by United Arab Emirates, like de- defense giants like Raytheon, uh, megabanks like HSBC, uh, lots of foreign state actors, and, and, of course, the United States government. And pharmaceutical companies. Yeah, and pharma- the, the, the list is who hates us funds the Atlantic Council. <laughs> the, <laughs> so-
0: the NSA, right during the the Prism program. I mean, Facebook was getting money during that. This is a, a huge, you know, rabbit hole. And just to, to claim that are a private company is very short sighted. And I think that that argument's wearing really thin as of this point.
1: Right, and that's not us calling for government regulation here. We're just we're just just showing that saying that it's a private company and they can do what they wish is just not the it's not an accurate statement, right? We they anybody who is a private company should be able to associate with anybody they want. You know, they could they could if someone starts a social media network tomorrow and only wants, you know, white males on it there and they deny everybody else, right? As long as they're not associated with the government, that's a that's free association. And while it's you know, de- deplorable and horrible that someone would do that. Um, you know, that's, they're, they're, they're not using government to do it. And so even though they're stupid and racist, it's not through force. The
2: other angle here <laughs> is that this is an infrastructure that has kind of, this is where everybody is at to say that they're a private company. That only means that we can't send government guns and cops and lawyers to them and tell them to stop. That's the only thing that them being a private company means, and we would never do that anyway. What we're doing is we're advocating for them to change their policies voluntarily or through market pressure, you know what I mean? So that's an entirely different situation. The people who are throwing those arguments back at us are just deflecting instead of being a part of the solution. And Absolutely. Right. They ha- They have built the infrastructure that everybody speaks on. Now, we always talk about in public protests how they throw you in some back alley and call it a free speech zone and say that that's the only place you're allowed to protest. That's basically what they're doing by excluding us from the largest social media platforms, which have effectively become the online public squares. Again, I'm not saying that we have any kind of government entitlement to that space – I'm saying that it's unethical for them to leave us out of it. Yeah, I think that is along the private lines that you guys were discussing.
1: If they were actually, if they actually re- reacted to market forces um, in their decision to to wipe us away, then they would have seen that you know on on just police the police page we had close to sixteen thousand reviews and an average rating of a four point one out of five, and we also had over I mean close to six million followers on all of our pages together. So there was obviously a desire that people wanted to see our information, right? Facebook right. clearly didn't react to any market force there, and their their reaction was was purely political, and and in, in this regard.
0: Well, just a few months ago, you know, they uh, Congress hauled in Zuck and a few other Facebook execs and sweated them down. I mean, we all remember watching that, right? So, to think that. That was, there was no effect, there was no consequences from that, is pretty naive. I mean, obviously he's realized that he needed to change his business model immediately or else, uh, you know, Congress, the government, the state's going to step in and start implementing their own rules. And I think that's the last thing he wants, and I don't think we want that either. So in a, in a very, you know, strange way, I kind of empathize or sympathize anyway with, with his position, but, I mean, it's still, you know, in the very beginning when they first started bringing up all this fake news BS after the election, for a very short amount of period of time there, Zuck was actually standing up for himself and, and actually said that he didn't believe that had any kind of influence over the election. And then very shortly after, I'm sure, his handlers slapped some sense into him and uh, put in the right path to be obedient to the government overlords. But uh, you know, I think, to be completely honest, if Hillary had won, this past election, we wouldn't be talking about this. And our, our pages would probably still be up. I mean, that's hard to say, but I don't think we'd be talking about this. I don't think we'd be seeing this type of level of censorship because one of her first statements after the election was trying to talk about fake news and how fake news had a, a role in uh, swaying the election as, as well as the the Russiagate, you know, Russian interference nonsense. It just goes to show how much the deep state's in control of all this or at least the media and their talking points um, right. this, this to me is a huge propaganda you know uh effort
1: right and that to clarify you're not saying that she should have won or that she supported but but her her deep state uh revolt to her loss is what has led to this this insane censorship to make sure that that never happens again had the deep yeah. state won they would have been completely fine with what was going on because it means that they they can stay in control and but now they're they're having to stop this this exchange of information. We were
0: becoming the new media. The the old media and the deep state, which basically are the same thing, have put a clamp down. They realized how much of, you know we were influencing. I mean, look, we used to reach what 50 million people on a good week. I yeah. mean, that, <laughs> that's probably I have haven't quite looked at the numbers but that's probably more than cnn and half of these mainstream media companies so we're we were obviously a threat and that's what i mean by saying a danger we were a danger to them we were disrupting their their programming their their narratives
2: the thing with this russia narrative and uh, like you said a- after the um election and everything that that was what everybody was pointing to and we have fallen in with we are associated with the label of Russian bot because all these proxy wars that are taking place between the U.S. and Russia play into this hugely and are resistance to these foreign interventions that the U.S. is involved with because we put out all these anti-war articles and a lot of times they tend to fall in line with what Russia is saying because a lot of the places that are being attacked are allies with russia. a lot of anti war activists, journalists are getting labeled as Russian bots just because we happen to agree with the allies of Russia who are being attacked by the u s military
1: essentially The New York Times put out that piece on the eleventh that you know that, that, call, that said that that compared people like us to say that we're aping Russian schemes to deceive the. American population right that now it's not just the Russians right it's people are using Russian tactics the Americans are now using Russian tactics to to trick the public into supporting causes that are fake
0: yeah well, which is funny because uh, as far as I know every single and I think Facebook even mentioned this in their, their press release that they're all American actors these bad quote bad actors who are on Facebook that they've recently banned were all Americans so basically what they're saying is that uh, you know, American journalists and content creators who are sharing information on American social media platforms about America with other <laughs> Americans are, uh, you know, too too dangerous. So now we have the Russians on our side. They're, they're basically the only people who are trying to put up any type of fight for this. I mean, RT has been wonderful. Yesterday, we saw four or five different segments uh, where they all highlighted the Free Thought Project and police the police. And we can't thank them enough for that. But it really makes me scratch my head because we're all Americans trying to simply put out information to allow other Americans to make the best decision about America. And apparently that's a bad thing. That's somehow uh, a threat. Um, And, you know, we're all of our information, once again, is based in peace and liberty. I mean, I don't know. it, It blows my mind
1: we we keep harping on facebook here but um to those who have been paying attention we were also wiped off of twitter as well which uh, it's not a smoking gun or anything but it's it's very suspect that that twitter would act in the same exact day that facebook wipes all our pages off to do the exact same thing to us and we so while there might have been you know some of this different networking that maybe set off facebook algorithms that they that might have led them to their banning us all on Facebook. The, the fact that Twitter banned us is is insane, right? We just, we just had one page on Twitter or two pages. We had Police to Police and we had uh, the Free Thought Project. And just because we were associated with the ban on Facebook, I, I believe that Twitter, you know, they fell in step or this was a higher orchestrated move, you know, to silence us on all the major platforms. Baffles me. And I would
0: love to have some kind of explanation from Twitter, which I know we'll never get in a million years. uh, But there there really is no type of uh, justification whatsoever. It it has to be following suit. And to me, it is a smoking gun. The fact that it was four hours, five hours after Facebook had pulled the trigger and pulled our pages. To me, there's no coincidence there.
2: Yeah, I mean, it shows an obvious collusion and all the pages that were taken down so many that were affiliated with us, and how does that happen? They're they're supposed to be two separate companies. And even when that whole Alex Jones thing happened, Twitter was supposed to be the outlier that was letting them hang on for a minute until people freaked out on them over something else, and then they finally gave them the boot. You would think that he he would at least have some kind of, of recourse, but this is like dealing with the cable company. Or, or something even worse how you how you call and, and and you you have to wait three hours to speak to a robot it, it, it's even worse than that There there is just like you're screwed we we banned you deal with it essentially and and we we, we aren't even going to tell you why
0: hey when you're the product don't expect customer service right exactly well Another thing I want to touch on really quick, too, is that everybody has kind of jumped on and harped on us for not going to more decentralized sites, which we have, uh, just to be clear. You know, we are on Steemit, we are on Mines. Uh, But I think to us, in some ways, that kind of defeats the purpose. I think our intentions with this was to always plant seeds, especially in the people who aren't familiar with these types of concepts. And I feel like sometimes with some of these smaller social media sites, Uh, It tends to be a bit of a, excuse my language, a circle jerk where people are literally just sharing the same ideas in an echo chamber. And, yeah, there's a place for some of that, especially to try to further and flush out some political theories and whatnot. But I think for us it was always more about trying to wake people up, plant seeds, and let them kind of come to their own conclusions. And most of those types of people are going to be on Facebook. A lot of the normies, most of the normies are on Facebook, right? So that was our target. And yes, we're going to, of course, you know, shift our efforts away from Facebook. Uh, we're not going to be on a platform that doesn't want us. But at the same time, you know, that kind of goes against what we've been trying to do. Would you guys agree with that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, the as I said, I, I don't know if I said it before or after we started recording, but they're, they're trying to put us in, in a back alley somewhere where nobody could see us, you know, and, and I feel like. As much as I love Steam it and it's been great, and, and Mines is great too. Th- we are just reaching our audience that already knows us, already likes us, already agrees with us, you know. And and what we want to do is we want to re- reach the people out there who you know might be thinking about joining the military or the police department, or who are stuck in the right-left paradigm on some extreme, you know. And, and we're not going to be able to reach them on those smaller
0: platforms. Or those people who are on the fence, who just don't know any better, who haven't really identified politically where they stand. You know, I think those people are the most susceptible, and that was me prior to uh, you know Occupy Wall Street. Social media is what inspired me to get in- involved with all this. I saw what was happening in Occupy Wall Street, and I knew I was obligated to somehow get involved. You know, and so that was my goal was to try to influence others to empower themselves, to educate themselves and do the same. And I think we've been successful. I mean, uh, just earlier today you had showed to us a, yeah. a screenshot of vibes. You brought it
1: into our, our group. Um, I don't know if, if you guys have it in front of you or not, but I, I do. Can, I can read it. I can pull it up. Yeah, go ahead. So this is, um, this is just one person that, that just explained how the free thought project has changed their life and positively in, in the last, uh, five years. And it's, uh, it's from a guy who was in the military, obviously, and, and it says this. It says, man, guys like you changed me as a person entirely. Before I got access to alternative media, I was a Muslim-hating, racist, nationalist tool in the military. Now I stand against all of it. Because of you guys, or because of you guys, don't stop fighting. You'll still have your website. Start getting folks to share your content regardless. And, uh, man, st- stuff like that. When someone tells you that you made them not racist anymore... That's uh, I mean, I got goosebumps just even repeating that. That's just amazing. You, yeah,
2: waking <laughs> up to that, this having that be one of the first things that I saw this morning was uh, it, it definitely kind of picked me out of the the rut
1: that I have been in the past couple days. Yeah, I need to print that out and just read that every day. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Especially
0: because we're so we're so used to all the negativity and vitriol. I mean, ninety five percent of people who comment on on any type of social media are people who are you know, either offended or outraged. So it's very rare that you actually have people kind of opening up and and sharing that type of information or experience with us. And, you know, if, if whoever's listening to this, if, if you've ever had any type of positive experience with us, please like just put it in a comment. Uh, and, and it's not necessarily for us, although it does make us feel better, but it just goes to show if anybody from Facebook or any of these other, you know, social media sites, I mean, if they do happen to look at our posts, it just goes to show that, you know, we are doing something. I mean, Facebook's own uh, mission statement is, quote, to give people the power to build community and bring the world closer together. I'll be damned if that's not what we were doing. Exactly, you know, man. I, I, I think we were doing exactly that. And, uh, you know, and that's what kind of bends me out of shape the most is because we were doing exactly what they said we were supposed to be doing. We weren't breaking any of their you know, rules, which uh, apparently are, they're so arbitrary, they change by the month. And yeah, maybe we didn't read last month's new update of all their rules. But, you know, I, I feel like we've used this platform for entirely exactly what their mission statement claims to be. And uh, here we are being punished for it.
1: Yeah. Never once have we called for violence. Never once. I mean, we're, we're anti-violence. We're anti-war. We're, we're We've never chastised any group or any particular group or promoted hatred towards any of these groups yet facebook is filled with pages that actually still do that and actually are not being punished at all someone messaged me last month i actually posted on there this guy report like just to show ridiculous nature of of facebook's censorship scheme and how they're not they're the antithesis of the mission statement that you just read out jason they they saw this socialist page that posted a meme that said kill all capitalists Directly calling for the murder of an entire, well, the entire country of the United States, right? Where it's a capitalist society. This guy reported it and to Facebook saying, you know, that it was promoting violence, and and so they messaged him back, and he sent me the screenshots of all this. And when they messaged him back, they said that that post did not violate their community standards. You know, in the meanwhile, people bridge the gap and try to promote peace and beat the divide. Like we do, we're we're the enemy, right? But you can call for the death of the whole entire country because they're because of their economic beliefs, and and that's a okay in, in Mark Zuckerberg's eyes.
0: Well, let's not forget too that Instagram is a complete shitshow. show. Rappers making careers, and don't get me wrong, you know I've grown up listening to rap, but you know basically off these social media personas and Instagram is a huge, huge integral part of that. And what are they talking about? What are they promoting? You know, we know we don't even need to talk about it that they're talking about shooting people they're talking about drugs they're talking about bitches and hoes etc you know and sure like hey i'm not one to say that you can't talk about that stuff but the fact that that's okay the fact that videos of you know pushing people into trains and fights you see all types of fights you see the worst stuff on instagram oh that's a-okay but <laughs> you talk about peace and liberty on facebook and apparently uh, you're the enemy and you need to be eradicated at all costs
1: yeah, I'm I, highlighting I that point again is the rapper Takeshi69, I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Takeshi69. Takeshi69, right. He uploaded a video, not just one video, he uploaded three videos of him having sex with a 13-year-old child to Instagram. He His Instagram is not even, I mean, not only wasn't it banned, but he's got like a golden algorithm. He takes a picture of him holding like some cash and it and it gets like tens of millions of likes. He, he, he uploaded literal child porn to their platform. They did not ban him, and he has like a golden algorithm. He's actually facing criminal charges because of that, right? Because he got caught, you know, he posted images of himself, or videos of himself having sex with a 13-year-old.
0: Last time I checked, he had 13.2 million followers or something like that, too, which is high, uh, way more influential than we could be. I mean, you know, we were getting throttled and shadow banned and <laughs> you name it, we were dealing with it. But uh, apparently, if you're a rapper and uh, you're flaunting money and you're making a career out of that, that's totally a-okay. And, you know, just I want to point out as well, I still get fake profiles sending me friend re- requests for... Um, you know, all types of sexy pics and uh, <laughs> 1-800 numbers to call uh, all the time on Facebook. You know, I mean, I get that literally every day. I'm, I'm sure you guys, too, you get these fake accounts sending you fa- friend requests. And uh, not to mention, we get phishing attempts and our emails. So, I mean, I feel like Facebook has some bigger fish to fry here when it comes to actually trying to, like, clean up their uh, their website rather than trying to somehow magically control the flow of information, which yeah. is a losing endeavor.
1: <laughs> well, you could start it, with not letting child pornographers post to your platform, right? Or if they yeah. do, you could like you could just you could ban them and then maybe just not give them the golden algorithm. You know that guy has a golden algorithm on both Instagram and on Facebook. And if you try to promote yourself on Facebook, like if you're like an artist and you want to promote like a show, Facebook their algorithm does not favor that, right? They they don't do like they 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 realize that people don't like to be advertised to by different pages, and so Facebook algorithms do not promote that. But this guy, he posts some stupid poster of his upcoming show, ten thousand likes, twenty thousand shares. Right? That's it's, I think more than that. Yeah, it's yeah, insane. It, 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 this is this is like a deliberate slap in the face to to everybody. I mean, and it and it's almost it it almost exposes social engineering. Right? Try to change the world in a peaceful, volunteeristic way, and we'll shut you down but if you promote idiocy and 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 degrade women and stoke controversy and divide guess what you'll be shot to the top of our algorithm
2: and i think another important thing to point to is to address this whole fake news business and some of the accusations that have been thrown at us and you know we have been i, I feel above it in most cases and we've just continued to uh, keep our heads down and do our work uh, but we are not afraid to stray into certain areas that other alternative even alternative media journalists are afraid to wander into. There are certain topics that, regardless of what stance you take on it, even if it 's an outside observer talking about what other people did and said you can 't even write an article about it and we We break those barriers down, you know even if it 's if it 's crazy elites getting blood infusions from young people, which is all true, and I wrote about it, or any kind of craziness that's going on with the military-industrial complex behind the scenes. We post about the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds. They are real families with real influence. And that kind of stuff, I think, it has had people criticizing us unjustly. Now we meet every day in our um, you know in our chats and stuff, and we dissect all the articles that we could find that are that are coming across the news. We are extremely rigorous about what we do. We reach out to people to that are connected with the stories to try to figure out more of what's going on. We are really careful about vetting everything we make corrections when when things are reported after the fact that contradict uh, what we discovered initially which is what happens in all media even though mainstream media hardly ever does that and i just think that that's really important to to point out because there there are a lot of us working on these stories and we definitely put a lot of care into making sure that it's as credible as possible we definitely list all of our sources when it when we're quoting somebody when we're listing a fact so yeah i I just think that that was something that i really wanted to mention and uh
0: yeah (laughs) i think it's important to also use this opportunity i mean probably majority of our fans who are on facebook at one point or another got a push notification uh by one of these third party quote fact checking agencies uh claiming that we've posted fake news and uh you know, I, I just wanted to point out that that's happened four times now over the past year or so. I think maybe a little bit longer, year and a half. And two of those, we've actually reached out to both the AP and PolitiFact and talked to them. And we actually pointed out uh, where they were wrong. Falsely accused of Miscon- being fake news. Yeah, mis- misconceived it or whatever. So, uh, you know, we actually had those reversed. Um, unfortunately, two two different strikes from Snopes Um were not reversed. In fact, they had wouldn't even give us the time of day. Uh, it took us about two weeks of uh, incessantly emailing them just to get a response. Once we finally had a chance to appeal and send them an email within, what, Matt, 30, 30 minutes, uh, we got a response back basically um, saying, no way, we're not going to overturn it. So yeah. uh, I think there's some bad blood there because we covered some different stories with Snopes in the past, and they have a bit of a chip on their shoulder, uh, not to mention they've sent us a cease and desist in the past. So That's obviously bad. we've rubbed them the wrong way. Uh, but the fact that Facebook has given the power to this third-party fact-checker called Snopes, who already has preconceived biases and, like I said, a grudge, you know it doesn't really make for a very accurate or honest uh fact checking quote so just wanted to point that out because i don't think we've ever had a chance to tell anybody that we've actually had some of these false news ratings reversed before
1: And, and the facebook was using those false news ratings to rank you in the algorithm so once we did see that happen once we got ranked as fake news by these fact checkers who incorrectly fact checked us we saw our traffic you know drop because uh we weren't being ranked in the algorithm because Facebook deemed us as as untrustworthy news, but once we got those reversed, our traffic went back up. And oh, that brings me to another point about the fake news, right? And deliberately deceiving people and and how Facebook is a is ostensibly fighting that. There's the most famous fake news in the on the planet, right? I mean, outside of some of the stuff the mainstream media does, right? But. The most famous fake news is the, the website out there has is, is got to be your newswire, right? Like They do mix in some truth, but they fabricate entire stories with quotes and interviews of celebrities that never happened.
2: Every time a celebrity dies, it's like they were about to expose the pedophile ring, and it's yes. all fake.
1: Yes, and it's 100% <laughs> fake. They slander people. They, they deliberately, intentionally deceive people. They get people to share these articles on Facebook. It discredits the entire truth movement of anybody who's seeking truth. And guess whose page is still up there? You
2: yeah. know what I noticed? Their stories go mega viral. They have this crazy algorithm, and they only have like 50,000 people on their
0: page. Yeah, I think oh, it's yeah. less than that. I think it's 30,000. But you know why? It's because there is a hint of truth. They'll take a story that is true, and then they'll put their own crazy spin on it, generally
1: like what you know, out said. of the
0: blue. Yeah, sorry if I missed that. Um and and just to expand upon that, you know, I just checked yesterday at the National Enquirer Facebook page, a tabloid that's been around for years, is still up. So, um hmm.
1: we don't want anybody to be censored. If you want anybody to be censored, then you're part of the problem. You know, everybody, even idiots who make shit up should be ha- should have a voice, right? And it's up to society to 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 be able to we don't need a a third party to to tell us what's true and what's not, it's up to us to do that. When we give, up, when we hand over the control of reality to people like Facebook, this is what happens. You know, peaceful views get shunned and get eliminated, while rappers who rape children on their platforms get a, you know, get the get boosted in the rankings. That's what happens when we allow Facebook to determine the outcome of what we think is relevant and true.
2: How lazy is it for people to like not want to use their own intellect to figure out like the, the w- what the sources are and what what information's coming in? I know there's a sea of information here, but you you don't have to have an opinion on everything. You know what I'm saying? I, I, it's so crazy how everybody they they think that. They're going to get some arbiter of truth that's going to be quote-unquote credible enough to spoon-feed them their opinions instead of being able to come
1: to their own opinions. It's crazy the society we live in. It is. It's like the Kurt Cobain's Here We Are Now Entertain Us this has come to full fruition. You know, like People, they, they, they want to be able to have their information digested before it even gets to them. <laughs> Instead of critically thinking about it, you know, just tell me what to think. I'll be good with that. As long as it's right or left, we're good. Don't challenge that or I'll get angry. I don't know
0: if there was a huge outcry. I feel like that might be the the manufactured, um, you know, point of view or the manufactured propaganda, they want us to believe that there was this huge outcry from Facebook communities or social media users in general that, you know, there was just too much fake news and somebody needs to come in and clean it up. I don't necessarily buy that. That was, I mean, yes, of course, there's going to be some people who are feeble minded and don't necessarily know how to, uh, discern their own information. Uh, those people exist, but I I don't know. I, I feel like, a lot of people I mean maybe it's just the circles that we're in or the you know the fans that we have who are so awesome and free thinkers and still know how to critically think but you know to me I didn't see a whole lot of people like really uh putting up a huge you know campaign or fight to to get these third party fact checkers in there I feel like this is all just part of the crackdown of the new media which we were part of you know and uh same with the anti-media and Coblock and all these other outlets who've recently been banned. I mean, we were part of the new media, and uh, that's that's now gone. You know, I mean, not completely because Facebook's only one social media platform, but it is like we were saying earlier in the podcast. You know, the the public square, if you will, um, the the biggest social media platform there is, and that's you know also why we heavily so focused on it so heavily is because we knew that's where we're going to reach the most people.
2: Yeah, I think that uh, it, it, it wasn't a big outcry per se, but I think that the, the mainstream media put the idea out there. You, you know, the, the, before the word meme was pictures, it meant something else, and it, it meant a mind virus, you know? And the mainstream media started the fake news meme. They started that, and it just got in people's heads, and people repeated it because that's what people do. And there are a lot of free thinkers out there, but there's enough – and I don't think those people cried out, but I think that the narrative was in their head enough to where when this happened, they were ready for it, and they were like, oh, yeah, the fake news problem. And they didn't question it. They didn't speak up for us. They didn't get behind us. You know what I'm saying? And they actually
1: mm-hmm. celebrated it when they removed Alex Jones, right? And then then weeks later, like the Think Progress, that site, they, they actually put, wrote articles, you know, celebrating the fact that Alex Jones was removed from the airways. And just to go on record, in case you haven't read any of our articles on Alex Jones recently, we, we don't support what Alex Jones says. He he's, he's moved into this Trump-supporting, like, pro-war crazy state that I, I, I don't know what to take of it, but... He, like everybody else, deserves a voice out there. But when he was pulled off the airwaves um, from, you know, ditched from Apple and, and Facebook and Twitter, and, I mean, they just snubbed him out, people celebrated that. And we tried to be like, hey, you know, first it's Alex Jones, then it's you. You can't celebrate the, the silencing of anybody, even if somebody you don't like. You can't celebrate that. And then, you know, a couple weeks later, think progress. They get their – they get – um Shut down on Facebook for a little while because they got fact checked by one of Facebook's neoconservative fact check groups. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. Weekly Standard, maybe don't don't quote me on that. But then and so their algorithmic ranking went down, and so they got a taste of their own medicine. And that's exactly what's going to happen as long as people keep supporting it. So maybe they're not begging to, for the Facebook to censor their fake news, but celebrating it and and then using it as a weapon to to silence your critics is certainly going on. And sure. it's, it's a dangerous and slippery slope that, that if we don't do something about it now, then the then the, the flow of information will be severely hindered for a while and and may not be able to come back. You know,
0: we had our own critics. Actually, we had a proper not. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that organization, but they mm-hmm. tweeted out a few yesterday. Uh, one being. Uh, Russian propaganda is very, very mad about their various front outlets and fellow travelers getting suspended by Facebook and Twitter. And, of course, they have an emoji with sunglasses and a heart. And they name us. They name the anti-media, uh, Police the Police, Cop Block, Rachel Blevins, Press for Truth, Dan Dix. So, yeah, people are certainly celebrating this, um, you know, until it happens to them, of course. And right. then uh, and it it'll will be a totally different story.
2: And there, there were left and right sites that got caught up in this too, you know. And they were a little bit of the more obnoxious kind of, uh, you know, in your face, kind of left-right extreme sites. But they they got caught up in this too, and they they were probably ones that would cheer their enemies getting getting knocked out. While we're actually here, I want to remind everybody again: if if you value what we do and and you're enjoying this conversation, uh, to help us out subscribing to this on your favorite podcast player choice and giving us a, a five-star rating and review in iTunes is a huge thing because as we've been discussing all this stuff works on algorithms and the more people that we can get to do that for us early on the more that we're going to get put in the everyday normies feed so that that's going to be a huge help for us because we are going to be doing some some podcasting and and it's going to be on a fairly regular basis as i said in the beginning of the show we're going to have guests come on and it's not going to be the same old story where we we the guest does the same interview that they do for every other show the guest is going to come on and they're going to give their unique views on what is going on in the news of the week with us so uh look forward to that and i'll I'll, I'll give it away to matt and jason to kind of discuss uh what we're doing on other platforms and with our articles and everything
1: so like first and foremost if you haven't already done so um you can sign up for our email list which it, it just shoots you out um a daily email with all of our articles in it for the day you know if you feel like opening it read it that day if not it's it's not spam you know we only we, it's only once a day and, and and that's it we have a subscriber list uh, for the website which it gives you special perks right there's different levels that you can subscribe at and the first one the most cheapest is three dollars a month which helps us out uh, a lot and it's gonna what's just gonna be what's keep us keeps us going right now since we're losing this um, all of our Facebook pages that drove traffic to the website and, and help generate ad revenue. But so, if you subscribe to the site at the on, on the link at the top of the website that says, uh, you know, join the free thought or support free thought, you can sign up for one of those levels. It's uh, the three dollars is ad free, and then it goes up from there. and And you can get uh, like stickers and t shirts and and such. and uh, And that really helps us out. That's ensuring our future um, and and this fight against these information controllers. And uh, we're also after this wiping from facebook we 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 were in communications with the guys from minds.com and um so you can you can find us on there I'm, all these links are going to be at, below this podcast when it when it gets on the website so you can just look below there and so you can you can start following us on minds.com we were going to start posting information there which is an an uncensored network as well based on cryptocurrency and it's uh it's it's growing steadily too, and we're also on steam it and um and we're still on instagram for now you know until they they start promoting more rappers who are raping children on their videos and 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 for well now,
0: <laughs> we don't really have much of a choice instagram's the, the second biggest uh social media network you know and uh yeah I mean we do have three hundred and five thousand fans over there, so that is technically our our biggest outlet as of right now, um, and I think we're but all. They are divided. owned by Facebook. Yeah, right. I was about to say. Right. I think we're all a little divided about staying anywhere close to Facebook, and uh, you know we don't want to be a part of anybody's platform that doesn't want us. But uh, we we also do have our Facebook group, which it, it just grown exponentially over the past few days when all this happened. I think most of our fans are just trying to look of, you know, where can they where can they go to kind of get some more of our information. So the Facebook uh, the Free Thought Project community group is still another place. Um, I have my own personal profile. Send me a friend request. Um, Jason Bassler on Facebook. I'm, I'm also divided about keeping that. But for now, I think just for networking purposes, I'm going to keep that up. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say you could also follow Matt Agarist on Twitter. He's got his own Twitter account over there. Somehow
1: that made it through.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> through the smoke and ashes. Still alive. But uh, I think that's pretty much the the main focus i think we're going to pretty much shift all of our time and attention to minds and post over there like we used to post on facebook so um you know come on over and give us a a like over there follow our information
2: yeah Yeah, that sounds good well uh, i guess we'll catch everybody next week and we'll have a lot more information about this
1: content and much more as well
0: Thank you, free thinkers. Appreciate all your support.
1: Yes, we love you guys. Thank you so much for for being there in this in this bleak time. It might seem bleak now, but we're gonna we're gonna grow something beautiful out of this.